1: What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the State of California. Doug Sovereign is away this week. Joining us now, political scientist from Sonoma State University, Dr. David McEwen.
2: This time of year is often one of reflection about the events of the past year and what a year in politics it has been, as you know. The news around politics and political issues dominated much of our attention as we heard about Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the May 24th mass shooting in an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, followed by the Supreme Court's June decision in Dobbs versus Jackson, women's health organization to overturn a 50-year precedent on abortion rights nationwide. More recently, we have seen historic midterm elections, the proceedings of the January 6th committee, on the death of Queen Elizabeth II in September. Even Even today, we see the leader of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, at the White House and later will address a joint session of Congress in the nation's capital. He was just introduced by Speaker Nancy Pelosi. It has certainly been a year for the ages in terms of politics and political views. And, Professor, when we look at the past year and turn to 2023, what stories are out there beyond the headlines that we should probably watch and perhaps are not as prominent at this point?
3: Well, good afternoon, Brett and Patty. And as we look at as we turn the page to 2023, there really are a number of changes, right? You had this historic midterm, but you had issues that became hugely important, especially in the wake of Dobbs around ballot measures across the country. We have a diversity of candidates. You had more women running for office than we'd ever seen before, and we had a number of different types of people running for office, even here in California. These changing demographics are reviving and changing the fortunes of each political party Uh, the foreign policy wing of the GOP is changing and we see that as evidence for whether there'll be continued support for Ukraine and what's going on with the war there and the Democrats are changing with this battle between mainstream Democrats and those that are more progressive. All of this really sets forth a set of issues that will spill over from 2023 into 2024. And today's guest is someone who can, I think, lay out some perspective about how this is changing. But for both parties headed into that huge presidential election, not that far away.
1: We are going to bring that guest on right now. We're going to turn to the KCBS Ring Central Newsline and speak with Democratic political strategist Christine Pelosi. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
4: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: What do you make of the year that was in politics for 2022? What what really stood out to you? Well,
4: obviously, from a, a personal perspective, um, what stood out to me was the, the vicious attack on my father, Paul Pelosi, uh, in our family home by somebody looking for my mother and, and, and looking to try to... Um, harm my parents and eventually try to kill my father because of uh, my mother's political work so and, and i would say uh, deep thanks to everybody for sending prayers to our to our family uh and for my father's uh recovery uh which is coming slowly but steadily so uh, from a personal perspective um that obviously stuck out to me and uh, from a political perspective it did as well when you consider um the uh the deep deep um uh, divide in the response to the attack on my father, from the vast majority of Americans feeling sympathy, and uh, from uh, the uh, the uh, conservative Republicans making fun of him and, and continuing to make fun of him to this day. So I think that as we as we look forward, it. We had the decisions that that you mentioned in your intro, the Dobbs decision, the Supreme Court decision, um, overturning 50 years of precedent and taking away the constitutional right to choose the size and timing of your family, um, which led to not only uh, uh, women, but also men voting um, uh, to support abortion rights access around the country, not only in California, where we enshrined it into law, but places like Kentucky, where they um, dropped an effort to take the right away. Also, um, in electing, uh, Reverend Warnock to a full term in Georgia and making sure that the Democrats controlled the Senate and a, and a, and while, uh, Democrats lost the house, having a very narrow, narrow, um, majority for the Republicans because of stopping this historic trend. And I think that had a lot to do with Americans coming out of COVID um, and COVID is absolutely not over, but coming out of the COVID lockdowns and saying, what kind of a society do we want to be? Do we want to have personal freedoms? Do we want to try to take care of each other and invest in doing that? Or uh, do we want to have power and control over each other's lives? And it was interesting that some of the same people who had been fighting lockdowns and fighting for personal freedoms, on the one, when it came to COVID, on the other hand, were not supportive of a woman's right to choose the size and timing of her family on the other. And I think the voters really uh, spoke to that uh, in the selection. So when you look at the big, broad issues, certainly the Ukrainians fighting back um, as symbols of democracy for the world, but also here in America, I think the, the voters really making a decision um, that we want to make sure that we continue to be able to control our own destiny and not be told what to do by a small
3: um, minority as we look at what's to take place here in, in just a couple of weeks and how would you expect uh, representative kevin mccarthy and the republicans and leadership to fare next year given what happened in the midterms and kind of the perspective you laid out of the challenges that we've seen this year uh, not only personally but also politically uh for democrats and for the country
4: well i'm not so sure that we know who the speaker of the house is going to be following Speaker Nancy Pelosi. I don't know that we know that. I don't know that the Republicans uh, in Congress know that. So let's wait and see what happens. I thought it was telling that uh, the quote from a a Republican senator after they passed the spending bill, uh, something like 75 Democratic and Republican uh, votes coming together, they said, we are going to have a spending bill that spends uh, money, through next September to relieve them of the obligation of governing. Now that's quite an indictment of the Republican House by Republican senators. So I think what we're going to see is a group that wants to engage in the politics of personal destruction to attack the president. as uh as as, as retribution for ha- for joe biden having defeated donald trump but i don't know uh if they have solutions uh for example for immigration rather than passing comprehension of immigration reform they seem to want to impeach the head of the department of homeland security which um isn't going to result in his conviction and removal from office nor is it going to fix Um, a humanitarian crisis that's occurring in our immigration system. So I don't have a lot more hope than Republican senators do in Republican House members governing. I do, however, have hope in President Biden. I do have hope in uh, there being some adult supervision here when it comes to these problems, but to be perfectly blunt, Part of the reason that this is such a busy December in the Congress of States is the fact that it's going to be a very dysfunctional January in the House of Representatives next month.
2: One issue that is the proverbial elephant in the room here is uh, is your future. I mean, is there any interest in serving in Congress as the representative from the 12th Congressional District here in San Francisco?
4: Oh, I don't think that's an elephant in the room. Um, I think elephants are Republicans
2: now. Okay, that's (laughs) true.
4: Well, I just uh, very proudly uh, uh, volunteered on the campaign of Nancy Pelosi, our excellent congresswoman, and I'm very, very happy with uh, her leadership. And uh, I wouldn't think of running for any office uh, in public office until after uh, she was finished serving. I'm also very uh, happily uh, raising a 13-year-old daughter with my husband, Peter, and uh, and uh, her happiness and her well-being absolutely comes first. So anything that we would decide to do down the road would, would certainly be uh, dependent on that conversation. But in the meantime, I do serve on the Democratic National Committee, and we actually have a very big decision coming up next month, which is what to do with our presidential nominating calendar. And I think that will be a very interesting uh, discussion and debate. Um, we have a vote in in February, and uh, I think that that will. But you'll. What you're starting in terms of the future of the Democratic Party, I think, is something that Nancy Pelosi started when when she and Barbara Turner and others decided to elect more women to to join them, and now you have um, um, 149 women who are members of Congress come January. That is that is tremendous. You have to have a House Democratic caucus that is very diverse. Our presidential nominating calendar does not reflect that, however. And so one of the most immediate uh, decisions that I'll make as a representative from California is where we put some uh, early, more diverse states uh, um, up front in the presidential nominating process to make sure that, that our party and our country are really happy robust and diverse debate possible.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us. Our guest on the state of California, Democratic political strategist Christine Pelosi. You can hear this segment every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available at kcbsradio.com. And